Our great example and instructor in prayer is the Lord Jesus Christ. In God's Word, we find everything we need to develop a life of prayer. Join Scott Pauley today as we study the Bible together. Can you see the Apostle Paul sitting in a prison cell? He is in chains. He's in bondage. And he's writing to a group of people that he loves, people that love him. He's writing to a local church. Now, let me ask you, if you're in that prison cell and you're writing to people who know God and know how to pray, what would you ask them for? Would you, would you ask them to pray for you? Would you pray that you'd be released from prison? There's no doubt that's what I would ask. And yet, when the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Colossae, he does not pray for that. As a matter of fact, when he writes to them, it is not about his need. Instead, it's about their need. I love the, the unselfishness in the prayer. He's praying for them. As a matter of fact, when he prays in the book of Colossians, he does not pray for his prison door to be open. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2 and 3, he actually prays for doors to be opened for the gospel's sake. In other words... He's praying that the will of God will be done both in Him and in them. That's where all of us need to come. I think sometimes we're so fixated on getting our circumstances changed, our situation better, that we miss the point of prayer. The point of prayer is this. We should be praying, Lord, I want you to work in me and I want you to work in my local church in such a way that the will of God will be accomplished. We return to this beautiful prayer in Colossians chapter 1. It began in verse 9, where Paul says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and a desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And we learned that the first thing where we must start is we must pray that all of us in our church would know and understand the will of God. But then he continues in verse number 10, here's the second thing, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Number two, when I'm praying for my local church, I ought to pray that myself and everyone else in that church would please the Lord with our lives. Notice, it's not to please men, it's not to please each other, it's to please God. You see, everybody lives for someone's pleasure. Philippians 2 verse 13 says, It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. He writes in this same book of Colossians uh, that all things were created for God's pleasure. I wonder if we're praying that God will be pleased, that our lives will bring Him great pleasure and great blessing. I wonder today if we're praying that the Lord will smile uh, because He sees in us uh, His own character being formed and His will being accomplished. You remember that this church in Colossae uh, was situated in a place that there was lots of knowledge. And sometimes even in the church, there's this tendency to get puffed up with knowledge and to think, well, I know the Bible and I, I know spiritual truth. Uh, but notice here, his emphasis is not on knowing. His emphasis is on doing. Now, it begins by knowing the will of God in verse 9, but it continues by doing the will of God in verse 10. It's the difference between being hearers of the Word and being doers of the Word. And in many churches, people give good, kind 
respectful attention to a sermon, but then they make no application to their own lives. And Paul says, I'm praying that every member of this local assembly will walk worthy of the Lord in a way that honors and glorifies the Lord unto all pleasing, unto the point where God is pleased with us. Something that struck me just meditating on this truth is that Paul did not depend on his own talking, his own teaching, or even his own writing to accomplish this. He believed that prayer was essential. And I'm going to tell you, if a Spirit-inspired preacher like the Apostle Paul couldn't depend on simply his own words and what he's writing under inspiration uh, to accomplish all of this, if he believed prayer was necessary, then I want you to know for us it's also necessary. Uh, We need more than good preachers. We need better prayers. We need more than fine sermons. Uh, We need more than even good Bible exposition, though we need it, my friend. What we need, though, is we need that bathed in prayer. And not just on the part of the preacher, on the part of the people. We need to pray that God would so use His Word in our lives that our lives would begin to please the Lord. And then look at the rest of verse number 10. He says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. He prayed that they would bear fruit with their lives. And I love the the use of the term being fruitful. This is not doing works. It is being fruitful. God is more concerned with our being than with our doing. Uh, Fruit is not something we produce. It's something God produces and we simply get to bear it. And Paul says, I'm praying that you will become more and more fruitful for the Lord. In every good work, everything God has for you to do, that you will be fruitful. And now one interesting thing in the opening verses of Colossians verse number 6, he refers to some fruit that has already been produced in them. And I think that's beautiful. He says, you've already had fruit. But now what's he praying for? He's praying for more fruit. Doesn't that remind you of what the Lord Jesus said to his disciples? John chapter 15, he said, I want you to bear fruit. And then I'm praying that the Father will so purge and work in your life that you'll bring forth what? More fruit. You see, this is a prayer for every church member. This is a prayer for every person in the church. You may be a brand new member or you may be a charter member. You may have been there for five days or you may have been there for 50 years. That's irrelevant. God's desire is that every member of a local church bear fruit. And if your church as a whole is not being fruitful, it is because individual members of that church are not being fruitful. And it's easy to lay blame on someone else and say, well, they ought to bear bear more fruit. How much fruit are you and I bearing? Uh, Let's examine the fruit on our own tree today, on our own branch and say to the Lord, Lord, I want to abide in you, and I want to be so connected to you and so yielded and obedient to you that you can produce every good fruit that you desire in my life. What fruit should be produced in our life? Well, the fruit of the Spirit should be His love, His joy, His peace, His long-suffering, His gentleness, His goodness, His faith, His meekness, His temperance. Is that fruit being produced in you today? Are you bearing that fruit? And then, not only the fruit of the Spirit, uh, but the fruit of another Christian. See, everything reproduces after its own kind. Proverbs says that if we're going to bear fruit, that's essentially the same as winning souls. And I wonder, when was the last time God used us to bring someone to the Lord Jesus, to reproduce ourselves in someone else, and uh, to, to see another disciple, another follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? We should pray for ourselves 
and for every other member of our local church, that number one, our lives would please the Lord, but not just us, that through us, God would get glory and bear much fruit. That the Lord would allow us to touch the lives of other people around us, that His work would move forward and be fruitful. You see, strong churches are made up of strong Christians. And if you want your church to be more what God wants it to be, don't concentrate first on the church. Concentrate first on your own life. And pray, Lord, make this a reality in me and then in my church. This is the way to pray for your local church. Thank you for joining us for today's study. We deeply appreciate your prayers for this work and hope that you'll visit our website, scottpauley.org, where you'll have an opportunity to invest in the gospel. Would you consider giving a gift to help us extend God's word to others? You'll also find many other encouraging resources. Our prayer for you is that with Christ, you will enjoy the journey.